Hey friends, it's Sherry. Before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to let you know about an upcoming virtual summit I'm a guest speaker at and you can attend for free. So whether you're an entrepreneur seeking to boost cash flow and leads or a career professional ready to take the leap into entrepreneurship, this event is designed with your specific needs in mind. It's an opportunity you don't want to be missed. And I'm not exaggerating when I say it will be an epic experience. So join me and 15 plus other top female entrepreneur experts for the rise of the entrepreneur navigating the entrepreneurial landscape for female professionals five day summit. Together, we're going to dig deep into our wealth of expertise, offering invaluable support for career professionals and entrepreneurs like you. Every year you see my friend Sherelle Slace host this event and collectively she brings in over 4,000 women at all levels wanting to implement new strategies and take their businesses to the next level. And I'm so excited to be one of the guest speakers this year. And I'm also attending this event myself and I would love to invite you to join me. So this five-day virtual summit runs May 13th through 17th And during that time, you can catch all the replays of the trainings. Trainings like From Unknown to Unstoppable, Publicity Tactics for Fearless Female Entrepreneurs, or Manage Your Money Like a Boss, or Navigating the Entrepreneurial Landscape for Female Professionals, or this one I'm very interested about, Top 4 Legal Mistakes to Avoid on Your Online Business. And my topic is unleash your strengths and thrive in entrepreneurship. So you're not going to want to miss this one. So reserve your spot now. Yep, go ahead. Put this episode on pause. Go over and register and then hop back in here to finish listening. All you have to do is head over to rebrand.ly backslash rises summit backslash Sherry Miter. So rebrand.ly backslash rises summit backslash Sherry Miter. I'm sorry, rise summit. There's only one S there. And I will put that link in the show notes for you as well. So do me one more favor. If you register, pop into our new motivated for more Facebook group and let me know if you'll be watching the summit next week. We can compare notes together. All right, my friend, hope to see you at the summit. And let's get back to today's episode. Hi, and welcome back to the Uncharted Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, Sherry Miter. And if you are new to the show, welcome, welcome, my friends. You are catching us on the downhill side of our 100 days of podcasting. On January 1st, I made a commitment to do 100 podcasts in 100 days. And this is episode 57. But what that means is you're getting a few raw, unedited, just me coming at you with some thoughts, some ideas, hopefully something you can implement into your daily life, especially if you are an entrepreneur. And even if you're not an entrepreneur, usually what I have to share can relate to you in real life as well. So let's get started to the show. And if you're a regular fan, regular listener, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I appreciate you for hitting that subscribe button and listening to the show every single day, all 100 days plus some. (laughs) All right, let's get started. 
All right, so I have to share a story with you. So this past week, I had my regular routine doctor's appointment, you know, just that yearly visit. And of course, one of the first things they do is they want to weigh weigh us weigh us in, right? And I don't know about you guys, but I always do the dilemmas like, oh, do I take my boots off or my shoes? You know, I had jeans and uh, my high boots on as like, do I take them off? Do I take them, not take them off? You know, you go through that like, oh, am I being vain if I want to take my boots off? Or will they take an account that those probably weigh a couple of pounds? Like, so all that's already going in my head because I know I have gained weight over this past year. Like I am definitely not nowhere near uh, the shape I want to be in right now. But apparently, when I got on the scale, I didn't even remember what I weighed the previous year. But when I got in, I was talking to the doctor. She was sharing with me how I actually lost two pounds since last year's visit. Now, as she's going on and on with like, wow, that's really awesome. I'm usually seeing the opposite this year. I'm sitting there with my blue jeans on, which are about to burst, <laughs> you know, the button, as I shared, showed my husband earlier that day, you know, the buttons all the way over as far as it can go, like, mm, it is so stretched, <laughs> about to burst off. So I said to him, he's like, I just want my button to be back over here, <laughs> back over to the left where it belongs. So I'm laughing because I'm sitting there in my jeans, feeling like they are about to burst. And she's giving me all these kudos. For losing two pounds. But I knew the truth. And what I finally said to her is like, I know why the scale shows that I've lost two pounds. It's not really telling the entire truth. It's not telling the whole story. Because the last year when I was there, I was in pretty good shape. I had been doing a lot of strength training, which meant I had a lot more muscle And as most of us know, muscle weighs more than fat. (laughs) And this past year, I have not been doing the strength training like I normally do. So I lost a lot of my tone. I've lost a lot of my muscle weight. (laughs) So that's why the scale showed I lost weight. I was not, believe me, I'm not in better shape than I was last year. It's just the weight is different. So the scale wasn't telling the whole story. And that just got me thinking about how we look at numbers in our businesses or how we just look at our life based on numbers. And a lot of times these numbers that we are looking at, the metrics we're measuring our success by, aren't telling the whole story. Things like likes on a post. If you've ever posted something on Instagram or Facebook and you know, we get all these likes, but what we don't know is like, are they liking just the cool picture that I put on here? Or are they liking the content that we so carefully curated and spent all this time and thought creating this wonderful post, but we really don't know what are they liking, just the picture or the content? Of course, and then there's the thing about how many followers do we have on Instagram or Facebook. And we think sometimes we have to have all these followers. But you know what? Again, the numbers don't tell the whole story. Because does it matter 
if people just want to follow you because they think you're funny or they want to follow you because you're popular or they want to follow you because it's the cool thing to do, or maybe they just enjoy reading what you post, but they never plan to invest in what you offer. Does it matter that you have followers like that? Or would it be better to have a small audience who you could be really intimate and get to know that audience and who eventually these followers will buy what you're offering? They want to invest in what you, your services. Which would you rather have, the large audience or the smaller audience? You know, with the smaller audience, you can have great conversations in the DM. With a larger audience, you don't always get to do that. Another metric that a lot of times we look at, especially as an entrepreneur, if we have a Facebook group, we think we have to have these large Facebook communities. And that's something else that, again, doesn't tell the whole story. I'm in some Facebook groups that have 30,000 members. But what I notice is a lot of times the larger the group gets, the more disengagement there is, the more you have people that just want to post and ghost, you know, the ones that just post about their business and, you know, they wait for the Saturday share, share your links, they share their links, but then they never engage with the group the rest of the time. By the way, please don't be one of those people. Don't post and ghost, either be in the group and be engaged or leave. Like, sorry, that sounds mean. I'm going to actually do a whole series soon on attraction marketing. This is just a little side note here on attraction marketing and how to engage with people in the groups that you're in so that you can build relationships so that you're not the post and ghost person that doesn't serve anybody. But anyway, back to our number of metrics. So sometimes these larger groups And I see this happen and I've actually started leaving the larger groups because it seems like people are just in them because they want to be seen. They don't really care what anybody else is offering. They don't even really know who the group, who, who hostess, who the group hostess is or the host. There's no way you have no idea whose group is this even, you know, who runs this group. It's just so many people and they're just posting random stuff all the time. Versus smaller groups who have like minds, they're invested in learning and support, learning from and supporting each other. And these smaller groups, sometimes they're the most valuable groups. They are where, again, it's about building that relationship with each other and supporting each other and really paying attention to what other people are posting, not just post and ghost. Um, Some of the most valuable Facebook groups I have been a part of were like 20 to 50 members, usually 100 members or less, are the ones that I find the most value from. Because these are people that are eager to learn from the, the person who is hosting that Facebook group. There are people that have some common thread that they can support each other with. You know, that there's a main reason for this group. So it's not always about having the large Facebook community if you are hosting one. It's about building a great community of actual fans and supporters of each other. 
Then there is the email list numbers that don't always tell the whole story. So again, you could create an email list and eventually get it up to thousands, maybe 10K. I mean, we all see the posts, right? How to build your email list to 10,000 people. But what does that really do for you? One, if you get that many people, you are probably having to hire an assistant or somebody that uh, manages your email account. So it's not even you anymore doing that. You're almost hands off when it becomes that large of an account. Plus, when you have that many people getting the mass emails, probably 80% of them are never even opening it. So it's a metric that makes you feel good, but is it really doing anything for your business? Versus if you can have that small list, you can be the one to actually respond to the emails. You can build the one to build that trusting relationship with the person on the other end and build an email list of people who are actually reading your emails and not just they signed up for something and now they're still on your email list. So again, the numbers don't always tell the whole story. And then the last thing I was thinking about was her customer base. If you are in a product-based um, business where you sell a product, and we used to call this in uh, my network marketing business, we would call this build your customers deep and wide, meaning you wanted to build a larger customer base, but more importantly, you wanted to build them deep, which meant that you had customers who were buying like every product that you offered that was something they should be using. And if you think about that, would you rather have 100 people buying $25 from you or 25 people buying $100 from you? The result is the same. But if you have a smaller, really great handful of raving fans who purchase everything you've got to offer, again, you can build that deep relationship with them. And those are the people who are going to refer other people to you. Those are the people that would never even think about purchasing something else from another company or going to the drugstore and buying their mascara. You know, they would never even think about doing that because they are your raving fans. And again, if you have a smaller clientele, you can really build that deep bond, that deep relationship with these clients. So I just want to encourage you, the next time you start looking at metrics or comparing yourself to that big influencer who has the, you know, 10,000 followers or the large Facebook community, or you know they have the big email list, that the numbers don't always tell the whole story. Go for quality over quantity. So just challenge you this week to think about what metrics can you release? What have you been thinking that, oh, if I just built this to fill in the blank and instead work on being intentional with connecting. That's a word I've heard a lot this week, just connecting with the people who are already in your circle 
with your current customers? Can you connect? How can you connect with them this week? With the people on your email list, can you send a real, not not scripted email to somebody this week? To somebody in your Facebook community, how can you create more of a bond with the people in your group right now? Uh, With your followers, who can you DM and start up a conversation with them, expecting nothing in return, just to find out about them, not to sell them anything? Start curating conversations instead of worrying about curating something to get a like. I hope that makes sense. And I hope that when you think about this, that it, it actually releases some of the weight literally some of the weight you have on yourself right now for what you need to be doing. Because when when I had this thought and I really started thinking about it, it did release a lot of pressure, a lot of weight off of me, literally. And you know what? It's When we start looking at the right metrics and building the relationships, that's like building muscle on our body. It just looks a lot prettier. <laughs> And and then it does. It may weigh more, but it looks a lot better. (laughs) Okay. Um, So I hope that that helps. And I would love to hear from you. What metric will you release this week? And did this help you? Like, did it just lift a lot of weight off your shoulders? (laughs) I hope so. All right, my friends. I do want to share one last thing. If you are ready for a career change. Maybe you've been working that nine to five and you've just been thinking about all the changes this past year has brought with it and how you're like, you know, I really like working at home or I'm really rocking this. Like I could, I could work at home. I could see myself doing this. Or maybe you're thinking even forward to the summertime. You're thinking, wow, wouldn't it be cool to be able to work on my deck or to only work three or four days a week? But you have absolutely no idea what that would even look like. Or maybe you kind of know what it would look like as far as what you would do if you started your own business. And, but you're like, I don't even know how. I've been, you know, nine to five career for 30 years. What does it look like to start my own business? That is my joy spot. I love helping somebody discover their, their gifts, discover what that inside dream really is to pull that dream back out again and to give you a plan, a simple step-by-step plan on how to create that dream business so you can create the dream life for yourself. And I do have some coaching spots coming up in March and I would love to help you go from being an expert in your career field to being an entrepreneur. So if you're curious about that, email me for details. We can just hop on a quick phone call, chat about it, see whether or not um, it's a fit to work together. No big deal. And if so, I would love to help you in 2021 create that dream business. All right. Until next time, thank you, my friends, for listening to the show.